The Bull Radio Football Show. A winning weekend for Rangers and Celtic 9-0 it was between them plus wins for Hibs, Aberdeen, Motherwell and Hamilton. Should that have been a red card at Ibrox? Why no penalty for handball and Paisley? Should that game have been postponed? What about the latest transfer? Tittle tattle. All these questions and more in the next couple of hours on the Go Radio Football Show. What lineup we've got yet again. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson is here Cy Ferry is here and in the course of the show, we'll be hearing from the former Celtic defender, former assistant manager, Johan Mialbi. He'll be joining us uh, just at the top of the second hour. We'll be hearing from the amazing Marvin Andrews, ex of Rangers Livingston and about a dozen other clubs as well. A real character. He will be on the show as well. And what about Kyle Monroe? What a weekend he had, the Hamilton teenager. First start. First goal, and it was the winner at Livingston as well. Big win for the Ackies at the weekend. And before we go any further, Ali, let's catch up on the scores, Absolutely. on the doors from Saturday. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise you were getting a wee rhyme coming in there. <laughs> uh, Aberdeen 1, Kilmarnock 0, Livingston 1, Hamilton 2, Motherwell 1, St Johnston 0, Rangers 4, Dundee United 0, Ross County 0, Celtic 5 and St Mirren 0, Hibs 3. And the story of the predictions. Cy Ferry, Barry Ferguson, five out of six. Oh, there you go. You're all Danosy stuff. Mm. Well, how did, how no, did I was, no, I was talking about Barry, <laughs> five out of six. Uh, <laughs> what was that? And you also got five out of six. Yes. Hey, what did Who you done get, Rob? I, I, guess, got, I, got, uh, I, got, I got four out of six. Oh, sorry, should I not have brought that no, up? No, I'd rather you hadn't, actually. <laughs> sorry. But the game the game you fell foul of, understandably, I guess, was, uh, well, you can speak to Kyle Monroe about it. It was his fault um, because um, Livingston losing at home to Hamilton, that was the game that, that undid you, Barry. Yeah, but listen, Hamilton... Always come up with surprises. Um, I didn't see that coming. Um, but listen, I think every single year people write Hamilton Arkies off. Um, and certainly this season, it's there's a lot of young boys uh, in that Hamilton side. So fair play to them. It's always a difficult place to go um, to Livingston. Um, and when when you go a goal down early doors, I think it was the first minute or two. Um, it shows you the the character that that Hamilton Arkies side have got. You're on your phone already. Uh, any chance of you attending? What's happening here? <laughs> I was, I was actually just checking there because, you know, very unlike Livingston, and this would be a massive worry for me for Livingston. Livingston conceded two set pieces. Mm. When would you ever see that in a Livingston team last year? You know, that was their one yeah. main strong point of defending and attacking set pieces. Yeah, also at home games. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're losing points at home. That was that was their staple, wasn't it, previously, that they, they would get lots of points on the board at the Tony Macaroni. Yeah, they were hard to beat. And that, they've obviously gone away from that. And another on the Hamilton side, you know, David Templeton. Surprised for me that he's not started more games this year. I, I, think, I think he's been, I injured, think he's been injured. Yeah, he's a big player. My phone. He's a big player. Um, you should know this. I do, I, I do mean that's me just double checking just to oh, be right, sure right. but uh, he is a massive player isn't he good player David Templeton he, he is a good player and especially his experience will come in handy with the amount of young boys that are, that are in that, that Hamilton Aki squad but it's a great result for Hamilton again as I said they, they keep surprising uh, people they come up with some big results at big times and but size right that must be a, a worry for, for Holty yeah. at Livingston they mm. Certainly the way they play, they were always strong defensively. I, I know they've, they've lost, I think Ricky Lamy was a big player for them. He's went to, to Motherwell. Um, but that'll be a concern for Gary Holt. We're going to speak to uh, Johan Mialbi later on. What a judge of talent, Si, he is. Oh, he he knows a player when he sees one, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, no. Johan Mialbi must be the second best looking person to ever appear on Go Radio. Behind? Me, obviously, no. <laughs> Ali, come on. <laughs> what was he saying? 
Oh, you've asked him my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you saying best looking that's been on? I've not. He's not been on yet. So it has, there's only. Are you putting looking at me? Where are you putting Fergie and Robin? This. You have to ask me at the end of the show. Right. Okay. But well, I mean, he is Dolph Lundgren, isn't he? Oh, he's so handsome. You should see him. He's top off as well. Rob. Honestly, he is. <laughs> I say, I'll tell you something. He's one of the strongest guys I've ever seen in the gym. We actually used to watch in awe how how strong you and me Albie was. What a player as well. I was a young boy at Celtic when he was there, and he was a fierce competitor. But yeah. What a guy! Good player, good good coach as well. Enjoyed working under him. He Talk- never enjoyed working under me, obviously. <laughs> but um, no, he, great guy. Talking about Man Mountain, um, Marvin Andrews. Wow, can, can we get to speak to him later on, Barry? Oh, uh, where did you believe? Start? Where, where did I start? What a guy! Um, a lot of people probably surprised when when Rangers took a chance on him, signed him for Livingston. But I tell you what, when he came in, he was a man mountain at the back. Um, he can head the ball further than he can kick it yeah I easily could head the ball 60, 70 <laughs> yards easily um, and I took a few dunts off him as well he would just come through you but that, that's the way Marv played what about um, Pastor Joe? Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, talk Pastor Joe huh? we'll, we'll talk to Marv about Pastor Joe he was he was pretty famous with a lot of conversations about Pastor Joe would Pastor Joe come in the dressing room? no, no I actually never seen Pastor oh, Joe <laughs> i never seen him um, but Marv spoke about him um, mostly every day Is but that true what Marv says That you used to say to him Well we win the league Marv Is it true Will God help us Or does he make all that up No they used to um... Why don't we ask him later on uh, Alright okay uh, Sorry uh, I forgot no, he was keep, coming on there it, No keep it <laughs> I think he's on what 540 Marv will come on so yeah. But what what a great guy Look, I, I yeah. think if you ask anybody That knows him or, or, or came across him Just a fantastic guy But really underrated as well Great defender mm. Great defender He knew his strengths Rob that, yeah. that was the great thing about Marv when he got the ball he'll, he'll be open and honest about it he wasn't the best in the ball in terms of he wouldn't go and zing a ball 60, 70 yards he would he would play it simple um, but as a defender love to have him behind you he stays, Although, in, he stays in Kirkcaldy now doesn't he? Well, he swapped, he's always, he's, I mean he swapped Trinidad for Kirkcaldy I mean, <laughs> he's had too many balls isn't he? We're going to have to ask him we, about that yeah, later You're going to ask him about that later on and uh, if anyone else wants to fire a question at uh, Big Marv Big Johan uh, we Barry, we sigh. Anyway, anyway I'm, 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 I'm bigger than him. I'm, I'm bigger than four inches bigger than him. <laughs> I, knew that, I knew that was going to start a fight. I'm six uh, foot with my high heels on. Can I just point you? out, Charlie Mulgrew's on the show, and our main man in the studio next door was like, "Well, what about him for his looks?" So, yeah, but his, he's got a hair transplant. I don't know. <laughs> so that's a difference. You know what I mean? What, James, the, the producer, so he needs a hair transplant. <laughs> Look at his face. You can't say that either. He, he's the wrong man to be criticising. Let me tell <laughs> let's, you. Let's move on. Let, let, let's crack on. Um, we're already about ten minutes into the show, and uh, if <laughs> he's if just you, caught on what we're talking about, he has, yeah, he has through the glass. He has, it's just got to him. Um, how do we get in touch, Ali? Because uh, I'm sure everyone's going to be wanting to fire in a, a question or even just your opinion on what happened at the weekend. Plenty of topics to talk about tonight. Yeah, give us a call 0808 17 17 700. Drop us a text 87474. Put go at the start of your message or jump onto the socials. There's plenty going on there at the moment at Go Football Show. And the conversation just goes wherever it fancies. You've probably sussed that already, of course, the Go Radio Football Show. Let's look back on some of the, the big stories arising from the weekend. We'll start at Ibrox, Rangers 4, uh, Dundee United 0. What a scoreline that was. But should there have been a red card for that Ryan Edwards challenge on Alfredo Morelos? Here's Stephen Gerrard. Uh, there's obviously a, a follow through there now I don't want to stand here and say that a kid should be sent off of course I don't but what would be interesting if it was the other way around what the decision would have been should that have been a red card Barry? yes that, that, that's the rules um, he did follow through look I'll be honest with you I've seen a lot worse Rob 
I have seen a lot worse. Um, but for me, as I sending off, if you look at the letter of the law, um, he's come through. And obviously, Morelos has had a nasty gash um, on his leg. But I, I'll repeat what I said. I have seen a lot worse. Um, and I have seen people sent off for it. So the referee, for me, has got that one wrong. Here comes the case for the defence, Cy Ferry. I think football's gone mad, eh? I don't think that's a red card. It's a 50-50 challenge. I mean, he doesn't go on studs up. He's went inside footed. I think the reason he catches Morelos is because Morelos turns away. He turns his body and that's why he takes the, the cut on the side of his knee. If he goes in straight, it just it's is like, it a it's cut? Like you, you're saying cut. He's it saying gash. Cut, I can't believe it was a two. It was a, it was not a Did cut. it need stitches? My wee boy comes home for them and nursery. There you go. In the sandpit. <laughs> oh, it's a, it was not. It's not a gash. I, I'm. I like Morelos. You know, he gives it out. He takes it back. That's part and parcel of the game. If my centre half's pulling out that tackle, I'm pulling him off the pitch. Oh, there, there, there's no doubt the centre half's got to go for it. I, I would be screaming yeah. at the sidelines if uh, if I was Mickey Mellon and that centre half didn't go for the ball. You would be unhappy. There's no doubt about it. But. That, that's the way footballs went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand what you're saying by the letter of the law as yeah. they're sending off. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the rule says. If you what? ask me if that's 10, 15 years ago, it's not a sending off. Mm. No. But, but I mean, the rule says liable to cause injury. Well, that one actually did. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'd have been looking for a red card if you're. No, if the wee man came back. If the wee man came back from the sun pit with that, that and his. That <laughs> I'd, and his be look, I'd be looking at a batter the wee girl's dad that done it to me because <laughs> it would be a wee girl that probably done it to my wee boy. But um, no, like you're saying, if, if my centre half's pulling at that tackle. And see that tackle happens to me And I'm not just saying this I would get up and get on with the game eh? What do you think? Give us a call uh, What do you reckon about that uh, Non-red card at the weekend? Stephen Gerrard convinced it should have been And uh, Barry agrees with him uh, So Alfredo Morelos injured Although maybe not as serious as it first looked And quite a few injuries to be raking over at this stage uh, Leon felt a bit of tightness in the warm-up uh, So we obviously didn't want to take a risk on that Phil was ready to come in I thought he'd done an outstanding job again Morelos has got a gash in his knee But it's a deep one But it's probably the best scenario we could have hoped for Because from the side I'm thinking you know, Is it a, a cartilage or, or, or an injury That could keep him out for a long time So it's just a gash uh, He might be available for Thursday uh, Ryan Jack's got a calf issue We obviously have to wait to see what the scan shows on that. Clarkers was very clear, it's, yeah. a, it's a hamstring injury, so I think he'll be missing for certainly a few weeks. That's normally the case. So uh, Barker, Jack Morellis and uh, Leon Balogan as well, all uh, in the treatment room, all doubts at the moment. Of course, it's uh, Lincoln uh, Red Imps coming up immediately in the midweek uh, before uh, Rangers get back to domestic business at the weekend. But um, yeah, a few injuries, Barry, for Gerard to cope with. Yeah, it'll be a slight concern, um, but the way he's speaking there, I think only Barker's going to be the the, mm. the long term one. Um, so I don't think they'll they'll risk the midweek game, um, but I certainly think that the other three will be back um, for the game next weekend. Um, but certainly in in the performance, I, I caught the second half um, and I was really impressed. I've got to be honest with you, Rangers are are, are hitting them um, top form. They're yeah, I mean, solid at the back, but they're scoring goals now, as we previously stated. Mm. A couple of weeks ago, I was worried that they're only getting that couple of goals, but again, I mean, that, that could have been anything in, in Saturday. Um, a lot of people are going to say Dundee United were poor, and rightly so they were, but that's down to Rangers being so good for me. 4 0, 4 0, and Stephen Gerrard's still not entirely happy. 4-0 is OK, yeah, we could have scored a few more, so I don't want to be critical today, but I think if you look at us from the beginning of the season to now, yeah. if, if, if there is one aspect where we can improve, it's to be more clinical, more ruthless. What I would say is we're still waiting for Itten to get up to speed. Uh, Kamar Roof hadn't played much before he came in. Fredo's had his uh, mm -hmm. situation. We're still waiting for our number nines to really get 100% sharp. 
It's interesting he refers to them as his number nines, isn't it? Mm. Um, not talking about Morelos there, but talking about Roof and, and Eaton. So a lot more to come from Rangers, that's clear. But 4-0 against Dundee United and the progression side that they've got going as well. I think the, the two the two for me at the weekend that were outstanding was Kent again and Hadji. I thought, you know, I've been quite critical of Hadji, but on Saturday I thought he was the difference, uh, him and Kent. Just getting great with areas. Mm. They get in areas between wide and, and centre-forward where... I think Dundee United were, were oblivious to who was picking them up. You know, the full-back stayed wide and what ended up happening was so many times the ball got played into Kent and Hadji and they got turned. And once they two get turned and run at your defence, you're, you're in trouble. I think what Rangers have done better as well, Barry, is last year I thought everyone came to the ball at the time. Mm-hmm. I watched Saturday, mate, and there's runners in yeah, behind that, constantly. That's That was a, an issue, people not going uh, beyond yeah. the, the ball. But listen, you, you mentioned a player there, Kent. Since all this talk about Leeds coming in and various other clubs interested, he's went to a different level. Um, again, on Saturday, I mean, that first goal. I think the Dundee United boy twisted his spine there, didn't he? Yeah, well, oh, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, it was a fantastic goal. And there's no doubt that it's now so important that Rangers keep a hold of him. Because um, again, with that performance, if people are watching that, they're going to come in and try and get him. But for me, Rangers need to keep him if they want to challenge Celtic because for me again he was on a different planet see on the number 9 thing I think Roof's better as a number 10 I don't think he's a number 9 I thought mm-hmm. they the played much better when Roof dropped in instead of Barker and, and Morelos went up front I think when Roof plays up front he always wants to come to feet again whereas Morelos wants to run channels he wants to play on people's shoulders and I think that allows Roof to come come and link up play and I think that's where I think he's good at arriving mm-hmm. late in the box as he done with his goal well I was just about to say yeah. that that's where his goal came from um, he's a, I think it was Arfield that, yeah, that shot across the goal, and he's he's on the move, he's on the run into the box, and and it's a it's a great finish. Yeah, so that again, that will give him confidence. There's, there's competition for places. That that's what's been needed at Rangers. Certainly, you could have probably picked a maybe twelve or thirteen players that were were going to maybe start last season. Now yeah. you're looking at seventeen or eighteen that can easily play in that starting eleven. So competition uh, competition for places is great. And Rangers are in a real good place, but again, it's now about keeping that level of consistency, which they've done from the start of the season. And those seven straight clean sheets for the first time in Scottish football history as well. We're going to talk plenty about Rangers in the course of the show. We're going to talk plenty about Celtic as well, because what a win for Neil Lennon and his team in Dingwall on Saturday. It was 5-0. Got better as it went on, so, you know, Shane's making his debut, you know, he's making his first start, so... We knew we'd maybe be a little bit of rust there as well from the two weeks sabbatical. They trained well this week and like I said, as the game went on, I was more and more pleased with what I saw. Yeah, we did talk about it on Friday, the fact that Shane Duffy had signed and that he would start. He was part of that Celtic back three, got his goal as well and he was delighted. I think it's a great day for him, you know, to wear the Celtic shirt and then to score on his debut, he's on the kick and I thought as the game went on, he looked more and more assured and yeah, a great debut for him. And what about Albion Ayeti? Um, somebody worked it out for me over the weekend. I think it might have been Chris Willemo on the telly was saying that inside his first hour on the pitch mm. for Celtic, twice off the bench, of course, he scored three goals. That's not bad going, is it? He's had a long time out, you know, of competitive football. You know, he's, he's had an hour today. Again, that'll do him the world of good. He didn't get much game time when he was away, which disappointed us. And you can see that he needs more game time, more work. But it's a real good finish, you know, real sort of sharp, instinctive striker's finish. And, and I think he's a smart player and he'll get better as he goes along. Yeah, I've liked him right from the start, Albion Ayeti, even when he wasn't judged to be sharp enough to start. Obviously, he got an hour uh, in Dingwall at the weekend. But he's going to score goals for Celtic and he's already doing it, Si. 
Definitely, I love how early he takes shots on. You know, it's touch finish or it's finish first time. Any time it lands to him, there's never any thoughts of, can I get this ball under control? Can I set somebody else? He's always looking to get a shot off and go. And I think, again, he brings out the best in Edward. I think Edward Saturday could roam anywhere he liked. You know, you see for the penalty, he drops it to the edge of the box, he plays a 1 2, he ends up winning the penalty from that. Because you know that Ajeti's going to be in the box. And again, I've said it, I think it helps James Forrest massively in knowing that you can put the ball in the box and there's a guy in there that's going to fling himself at it to score goals. My only surprise for Celtic at the, at the weekend, I liked the, the setup of the team, but that Shane Duffy was playing right in the back three. Mm-hmm. I thought he would go banging at the centre. And I, I thought that's where Celtic's problems came from. You know, Shane Duffy was getting pulled out wide. Ross County were getting crosses in the box. And for me, Julian and I are going to defend the ball as well as Shane Duffy does. I would rather Julian and I are getting dragged wide and when the ball comes in, Duffy's there to head it. But, um, you know, he gets his goal and I thought he'd done well. And like Lenny said, I didn't think they were great in the first half. But what they do have in that 3-5-2 is, is they're ruthless in both boxes. But, um, and and certainly when the ball went into Ajeti, you just, you just you fancy him to score every time it lands them. Yeah, ruthless is the word, isn't it, for that Celtic mm. performance? Because under other circumstances, it could have been completely different. Being Ross County twice hit the frame of the goal. They had opportunities. Barkas had saves. Mm. In the end, Barry, it's 5-0. Yeah, exactly. And Ross County were decent mm. in the first half. Um, but th- that that system with the, the players that Celtic have got suits them. The three five two. Um I was surprised that Duffy wasn't in the middle of the three as as I said there. That may that, that may change going forward. But for me, Ed, Edward's key to, to this formation. He looks so comfy in it. Ayeti, penalty box, poachers. Mm. He just you can see Ayeti when he gets it, he lays it. His first thing on his mind is can I get in that box? That's what he does. But Edward looks looks happy playing that, as you say, he can drop into pockets. He likes playing with a partner. But listen, any result away from home is good in Scotland. We're going up to Dingwall and, and scoring five and not conceding. That's got to give them confidence going forward. And in Cham dropping back when I think that again suits him better. It just suits everyone uh, in the team that formation. Uh, Cham, see for me, and Cham's a, a top player. Yeah, and Cham's a number six. Mm. Sitting sitting front of that back three, he can go and dictate a game. He likes to go and get the ball. He can play 10, 15 yards passes or he can go and do that 40 or 50 yard diagonal. I think that's his best position. I don't know what you think, Sai, but I, I like him there. I think he's a, a natural number six. Definitely. I think, you know, between him, Brown and McGregor, he's the one for me that looks to pass the ball forward more. And I think Edward enjoys playing with Cham because they're on similar wavelengths. You know, Edward makes a wee movement and Cham spins it around the corner and they've got a good link up. Big call for Lenny to drop Christie. Um, and also El Yunusi for me, who's no been doing it. And, um, you know, that's a wee warning to the guys as well. If you're not doing it now, you'll you'll be sitting on the bench watching. So there's competition for places. I just about to say that. You just look at the, I mean, yeah. the yeah. players that are, are on the bench. That that was a, that's been the strength for Celtic over the last couple of years. The, the strength of their bench, and it's got even stronger. We're bringing Ayeti and and Duffy in. So there's real competition for places, both at Celtic and Rangers, and that's what you need. Because see the guys that ain't if they ain't performing on the Saturday about the team it's not getting these two started talking that's the problem it's getting them <laughs> to stop but I'm sure right. you are enjoying it on the Go Radio football show so 9-0 combined for Rangers and Celtic at the weekend big win for Hamilton as well the Ackies coming out on top at Livingston by two goals to one 18 year old Kyle Monroe got the winning goal and he is on the way the Go Radio football show it's Ali Defoy, it's Rob McLean, it's Barry Ferguson, it's Cy Ferry with you for the next hour and a half it is now. Time is rattling on already. Later on we're going to speak 
to the former Celtic defender Johan Mialbi, former assistant manager to Neil Lennon in his first spell at Celtic Park. He was as well, and I believe he may have showed Saifiri the door, possibly, uh, in his time at <laughs> Celtic. Really? That's worst, that must be the that. worst decision in Celtic in the last, what, 10 years at Celtic? Like, uh, last 20 uh, years. Apparently, he's regretted it ever since. <laughs> was it him? Him and Lenny, I told us to beat it. No, no do you know what? They, they actually, they actually wanted us to stay. Yeah, they wanted really? us to stay. I'd swear I'd, I'd done well at Swindon eh, the first year. They just didn't offer you enough. No, right? I wanted to go. Eh? All right, okay. I went to America and actually done well pre season, but Swindon were doubling my money, so I wanted to go. So Johan Mialbi is with us. Marvin Andrews will be with us a little bit later on as well. What a time here at Rangers. Remember that amazing, miraculous recovery from a, a knee injury that snapped his cruciate, but uh, he was he, he played on. It was incredible. We'll talk to him about that and lots more. Besides, wins at the weekend for Rangers and Celtic, of course. I've spoken about those already. Aberdeen beat Kilmarnock. Motherwell got their first win against St. Johnston. Big result for them. Alan Campbell got the only goal of the game for them. There was that Hibs 3-0 win against goalkeeperless. Well, they finally got one. Uh, Bobby's Lamal, St. Mirren at the weekend. We'll speak about the, the handball that seemed to be missed in that game as well. What an escape for Ryan Porteous. And of course, Hamilton were winners at the weekend as well. Big win for Aki's 2-1 against Livingston, who were in front in the first minute of the match. Clenched fist there from Barry Ferguson. He was pleased about that win. So was the young man who's about to join us now on the Go Radio Football Show, because we've got Kyle Munro with us. Hi, Kyle. All right. How are you doing? I'm fine yourself. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, we're all good. Are, are you getting slapped on the back constantly at the moment for that winning goal at the weekend? Aye, that's crazy. So it is. Uh, Devon's a praise I'm getting, but I'm enjoying it. And another aye. You, you made your debut against Rangers, didn't you? Uh, but that was your first start on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I made my debut against Rangers coming off the bench when Scott made my get sent off and. And I made my first start and then to get the goal and win it for my team was even better. When did you find out that you were going to be starting the game from Brian Rice? Yeah, it was on the first day and Friday we were doing shape and training and he had me in at left back and I kind of gathered from then and then worked even harder on training to get myself ready for the game on Saturday. How did you feel? Yeah, over the moon. Everybody's dream to finally make his first team debut and I got mine on Saturday and then also getting the goal as well was even better. Were you nervous? Oh, very nervous. <laughs> you just need to take it in your stride and just play, play with a lot of confidence. I guess, you know, on your first start at left-back, you weren't expecting probably to mark it with a goal. So tell, tell us about how the goal came around. You, you'll, have, you'll have that mental image still in your head, I would imagine. You'll have watched it back yeah. a few times, I would think, since. Uh, yeah, I have. And I... At first, I, I was wanting to hit the free kick, and then I heard Brian Rice shooting from the side of the park, getting the box, and I went into the box, and then lucky you know, I was on the end of it, and I, I scored that. Were you pleased with the celebration? Yeah, I just seen everybody running towards me, and then I just hit the floor, and then I hear Scotty Martin shooting to me, oh, on your debut, you've scored, and... And then we go back at the change room and everybody was saying it's no your debut, he's already made his debut. <laughs> <laughs> I feel laugh. Kyle, how are you doing, mate? It's Cy Ferry. Alright, mate. You good? I'm good yourself. Uh, good, thanks. How did you celebrate Saturday night? Oh, you I beers? just had a with my family. No, no, no. Oh. Oh, he, he's professional, Cy, not like you. Uh, but you, first goal, he, he could have a shandy. Uh, no, uh, not even have a shandy to celebrate, mate, nah. 
Nah. Nah, good lad. Uh, I want to ask you about Dougie Emery. I know he takes the reserves. Uh, I know he's a massive influence on the younger players there. Uh, how, how good's he been for you? Uh, Dougie's great. So he took my under-18s team when we went on, uh, unbeaten the full season. And what a manager he was, him and Danny McKinnon. Yeah. And then George Cairns as well. What a massive influence he is as well, isn't he? He's always it... on the training on top here when he won the best again of him. So is Brian Rice. It's... So good camp to be in there, I think. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched you at Barrafield last year. Uh, I think you beat Celtic, didn't you? Down, down the back of Barrafield. AI one 0 Yeah, and it, uh, that's right, one 0 And Doogie and Darren were on you constantly. Is that kind of the way they coach? Aye, uh, right in half here. They just, I think they just won the best of you and mm-hmm. to get well the two of them were in the first team and play as many games as Doogie and we did. He's a legend there, to be honest. Mm. Aye. It doesn't. That's what I'm saying. But it doesn't surprise me. Like there's so many young players coming through. Guys like McDarry McKinnon and Dougie Emery who have been there and done it for me. Every club should should have uh, they, guys got like it, that bringing the young guys through. They've got it right at, yeah. at Hamilton. It's great yeah. they they produce. I mean, four or five young ones each year. And the, do you know what I love about them? They're not scared to go and give them their chance, no matter what age. You look at young Kyle there um, playing at 18. Mm. If, if that's elsewhere, they're reluctant to, to put them in. Um, but they've got a lot of good players. Kyle, it's Barry Ferguson here. I, I was at I was at the game against Basel a few years ago in the Youth Cup. Uh, yeah. Uh, how many boys for that team have actually got into the, the the first team squad or are actually played a few years? There's four or five, I think. There's there's been that's played. Mm-hmm. See that, that that's the. There's still a couple playing as the now the vegan Mimno. He's in still he played inside as well playing there. Uh, I, like, I, like, I like him yeah, Regan Mimnor looks a really good yeah, player but as I say it's, it's great uh, they're a great club yeah. I mean they rely heavily on the, the youth system there and that's why a lot of these talented kids end up choosing to go to Hamilton Ackies because there's a there's a pathway for these kids to get into the, the first team and just said 17 or 18 um, they're not scared to throw them in see on that that game that I watched Celtic v Hamilton see the difference between the Celtic coaches at the side and the Hamilton coaches I looked at the Hamilton coaches as two coaches who are getting kids ready for first team football, and I think that's why they can go in straight away and play in the first team. I yeah. listen to the Celtic side. There's no much. There's no much instruction. There's no a lot of criticism. You look at Darren McKinnon and Dougie Emery on the side, and they're into their players for ninety minutes. And I think that's why these kids can go straight into a first team and play. Mm-hmm. They know the expectations that that, that 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 people put on them at Hamilton, and they're ready to go in and play straight away. Would you agree with that, Barry? No, no I totally agree. I think that's something that it's lost. That yeah. Too many coaches are, are wanting to overcoach. If, if you look at Hamilton, as you say, they, they, they do that quite often. They put ex-players or guys that are, are played a number of games for Hamilton in charge. Mm-hmm. And the difference it makes to these these young kids is unbelievable. And he asked you about Boozy as well, Kyle. Uh, Boozling, what a guy, eh? Nah, he's a great guy, so he is. Does he join he in training? training? Is he still brilliant? Uh, he's brilliant, isn't I, he? I be watching sometimes and the stuff he can do with boys is unbelievable watching him. Is he a good he's... coach? Aye, a great coach. Sometimes you can't understand him because he's French and that. <laughs> even even the gaffers like that, even though he says there, it's a laugh. But he's a he's a good coach. He's he was a great player as well. I thought. Yeah. You can still see in training when we're doing these odd shooting drills. He'll show demonstrate it, and it's just some of the stuff he does with the ball is unbelievable. Kyle, it's Ali here. There was a brilliant photo of you. I don't know if you've seen it with um, Academy head coach George Cairns, who you were talking about a wee moment ago with Sai. How influential has he been, sort of, with what your your development's been so far? Um, massive since the day I went into Hamilton, the first thing I went in at night time, and he was there. He knew where I was from. I'm from York.
like back. Banter the two years have together is it's just great. It's just he brought me in and have he's just worked with him and he's a great guy. And uh, Kyle, I've, <laughs> I was sent your phone number earlier today to get you on the show, and I just got a, a contact said the bull. Now, <laughs> can you explain why this is your? Uh, <laughs> can you explain why this is your nickname? Before you start, Kyle, yeah. don't get us taken off air here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was actually Danny McKinnon that called me when we were playing under 18s. So she used to just run through in and the power and everything in my shorts and everything he just used to say he's called me the bull and then it's just stuck for then everybody's called me which coming coming from Daddy and McKinnon is a, a real tr- <laughs> if, 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 if you're running through brick walls compared to him that's that's going some isn't it uh, by the way I, I used to hate playing against Daddy and McKinnon yeah. not only would he take the ball off me but he would take my dinner money off me as well he absolutely bullied me for right. like 90 minutes he was horrible to play against Daddy and McKinnon a few run, run-ins with, with Darren McKinnon <laughs> Uh, but I, t- I tell you, a, a lot of people just thought he was that aggressive player. He was, he was also a decent yeah. footballer. Yeah, yeah. They, they, and they missed him. Yeah, he was Mr. Hamilton, wasn't he? For yeah, a few he seasons. was, and um, he went to Partick Thistle, and now he's kind of fizzled. Out. I, I think he's at Drum Drum Chapel, Chapel Juniors, isn't right. he? Chapel Juniors. Uh, he's at there, but he was a fantastic service. That's another one that came for the juniors. Hamilton went yeah. and took an opportunity. Uh, another thing that a lot of clubs wouldn't do, and Hamilton went and gave him the opportunity to come into senior football and. What a servant and what a player he was for Hamilton. So what age, uh, apologies if you've said this already, but what age were you, Kyle, when you first got into the Hamilton system? Uh, I was 16. Right. And I was still at school at the time when I was in at night time. I wasn't in full time or anything. I was there for two months, just uh, at night time. And then they brought me in full time after that two months. Were you anywhere before Hamilton, Kyle? I was at Clyde Bank, Clyde Boys Bank. Club. Right. Uh, that was, and then last season I was out loan with the juniors actually so, back last season so you hadn't actually been in at a senior club or signed at a senior club it was just boys club football you had played I was at boys club when I, the start of 11s I played with Celtic for a season right and and then I got let go after a year and then I went back to boys club and then I, just, I went to Dumbarton for a couple of seasons and then they folded their youth mm-hmm. and then I went back to boys club again and then I stayed at boys club and then Hamilton. See, that's another great example. Yeah. Kyle getting let go for Celtic. It'd be mm-hmm. easy, easy for him just to say, right, I've had enough. I'll just go and play for a laugh with my pals. But fair play to the the young man. He's went away and he's he's done it the hard way. And look at him now. He's he's playing in the Premier League. And and when you decide to go to Hamilton, do you look at the what they've done in the past? I know I know that you're <laughs> you're you're only eighteen now, but you look back at. The, the MacArthur, McCarthy, Brian Easton, all these from from them onwards, uh, the the kids that have got in, got their chance and, and got big moves at the end of it as well. Did, did, did that influence you in deciding that Hamilton was the right club to be at at that stage, Kyle? Uh, yeah, just before I joined Hamilton, there was a couple of teams on the phone wanting me to go. Uh, I was going to sign with Hamilton on the Saturday and Rangers actually phoned me on the Friday and I'm a Rangers fan myself, but I knew I would if I went to Hamlet I would get more of an opportunity to get in for team because of the likes of all the players. And so I went there and now I'm in the first team and just need to try and keep my spot and everything in the first team, keep going away. It's great that, isn't it, Barry? Yeah. Take, taking the long view rather than going with your dreams maybe at this stage and saying Rangers. Yeah, it's great to hear and it's interesting, as I said, that a lot of people go and sign me with Rangers and Celtic and if you look over the last 10, 15, 20 years, how many 
boys have actually come through and went into the first team but stayed in the first team. I could count one hand. Yeah. They maybe come in and play five or six games, but he's went the he's went to a club that, as we all know, produce each year young players into the first team and and that's the kind of way they, they operate because these guys is the players that you mentioned MacArthur, MacArthur, Easton, my young nephew Lewis as well had a knock from Rangers get freed and, and obviously Hamilton worked on him for two or three years and got his move to Aberdeen so it's a great club to to um, be involved in and if you go and watch them they're actually great to watch the young boys they've got very talented kids there that will certainly for me make their way into the first team Kyle did you uh, did you clean anyone's boots when you first went in that you're now playing in the first team uh, it was you used to just uh, pack two or three boots out of the box it wasn't designated to a certain player it wasn't designated to a certain player you just pick up it and then just Last question, mate. The big, your man Sean Want was captain at the weekend. I seen that young age to be captain. How, how far can he go? Aye, Sean's a great player. He's a great guy as well. And when I was there, he was roughly about my age, maybe just a bit older. And he was at the, at the stage I was at, and he's helped us through and showed, basically showed us the path that he's kind of went through and just need to try and stick and follow it and keep plodding away and just ask him, ask Ryan Easton all that questions, how I can get better, how this. And everything, and then just keep keep myself on the team, basically. And I think you've got a great manager there in Brian Rice as well, haven't you? Because he he very much epitomises that Hamilton philosophy of if you're good enough, you're old enough, and he's quite happy to pitch youngsters into the team. So he's a good guy to, to be having in charge, I guess, at this stage, Kyle. Yeah, hey, Brian's a great great manager. I think he he's no scared to put us young boys on the park, and he's that showed, and we've been getting results lately, and. We just need to try and keep ourselves in the team and plod on, yeah. Should I be putting you down for a goal next weekend as well on the coupon? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Never know, maybe. Yeah, we'll keep it going. That, you're off to a great start. That, congratulations from all of us yeah, on, congrats, on, on the weekend. Yes. Um, and it's been really good to, to hear from you as well on the Go Radio Football Show. Cheers, thanks a lot. Stick Not in, Kyle. Cheers, Kyle. Thanks Cheers. a lot, Kyle. Uh, Kyle Monroe of uh, Hamilton Aki's 2-1 winners at the weekend at Livingston. Uh, he spoke really well, didn't he? And uh, someone else who speaks well is Marvin Andrews, and he's on the way. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Yeah, and that number applies as well. If you want to be part of the Go Radio Football Show, if you want to ask a question, if you want to make a statement, make an announcement, uh, the airwaves are yours uh, via that number. You can text us as well, of course, 87474. Uh, go and your message on that number. And it's at Go Football Show on the socials. It's Rob McLean, it's Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry are here in the studio for your delectation and delight. We've got Premiership football coming up on Wednesday. Of course, that rearranged game in Paisley between uh, St Mirren and Celtic. And it's Thursday night for uh, Europa League with uh, Rangers against Lincoln Red Imps in Gibraltar. That's uh, four in the afternoon for that one. And uh, 7.30 for Viking against Aberdeen in Norway. And in Northern Ireland, it's Coleraine against Motherwell. Uh, 7.30 as well on Thursday. So lots of football on the way. Let's speak to uh, another legendary figure of the game coming your way right now. Former Rangers defender Livingston and a fair few other clubs as well. Marvin Andrews. Hi, Marv. Hello, my man. How are you? <laughs> 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 he just lines up your day. Well, like guy, man. <laughs> we've got, we've all got a suddenly we've got a smile on our face, Marv. It's what you do. 
Huh? It's what you do. You just put a smile on our faces, even just by yeah, saying man. hello. Yeah, man. It's a joy to be alive, man. Why why worry? <laughs> yeah. oh, exactly. Enjoy life. Even in these, life, even in these difficult times, Marv, you're, you're still smiling. Yeah, man. It's true difficult times. Greatness is born. So that's that, that how it goes. Yeah, Barry Ferguson uh, told me that the other day, actually. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and your old your old teammates here in the studio, good to hear them off, Barry. Yeah, brilliant to hear him. He just, as I say, he just brings a smile to your face. Um, <laughs> so positive. Um, when when we played, like after some games, Marv would tell you what I was like. I'd probably get down and angry. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Is that true, Marv? Did, did he get down and angry? <laughs> You used to even be angry and losing a five-a-side game. <laughs> <laughs> would, Ma- would Marv never get angry? Marv, would you never get angry playing football? No, I, I don't get angry to the point of losing my head. Obviously, you you shout at you know your teammates and stuff if they do or make a mistake, or you're trying to get them to you know to do something better. But actually, get angry where like I'll be worrying about something after a game has finished or we lose a game. No, because obviously I, I, I learned that, you know, you can't do nothing about the past. You can only do stuff about your future. So I never really used to pay too much mind about when something happened in the past for, for too long. So that's why I always used to come in the next day. Barry will tell you, we may lose a game. I come in in Maury Park next day, happy smiles and laughing. And, you know, that's that is how I, I looked at it. But, you know, but everybody's different, so. Can you remember Barry going mental at you, Marv, in training or in games? Can you remember a, a particular incident? No, you all, as I say, Barry, obviously, many people don't really know Barry. Obviously, they only know him by, you know, seeing him on TV or just saying little hello and stuff. But Barry's the type of guy, because he has that attitude, he just loves winning. It's just his, it's just his makeup. He, you know, he, he hates losing with a passion. And, you know, he just has that attitude that he loves winning. And, and whatever he do, whatever project he takes on, he loves winning. And that's that just how he is. You, you know, should see his makeup now, Marv. It's foundation that he's got. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know how he is now. I think he, he's probably more, he's re- he really changed, you know, changed at this moment in time. But as I said, you know, he, he's just a winner. That's that just how I, I knew him, obviously, when I, you know, when he came back to um, to Rangers when I, when I was there. No, he's still moaning. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> it's too cold in the studio, apparently. Yeah, it was cold. Marv, what are you, what are you doing just now? What, what are you up to um, out with the football just now? Are you doing anything? Are you still right, going well, to the church? Or? Well, first and foremost, I love life. Life is good. I can't complain. I'm enjoying life. Um, I do a lot of stuff at the church. I work at iBooks. I do hospitality at the moment. At Ibrooks, obviously, because of the coronavirus, you can't really, no fans in. Um, well, because I'm a minister, I do a lot of weddings and, and stuff like that at this moment in time as well. Um, do a lot of stuff with Rangers, with um, Stan and them, play a lot of charity matches, you know. So, I, again, I have a lot of stuff go, going on, to be honest. But, as I said, I, I work at Ibrooks most, most home games. Once the um, coronavirus is over, we will be back at Ibrooks every hey. home game. Good. To do hospitality. Whenever your name Marvin gets mentioned, I always think back to that knee injury you you snapped <laughs> snapped your cruciate and and and, ev- and everyone else was kind of thinking right right that's him out for months and months and months. I wonder if he'll ever come back from that because it's such a serious injury. But yeah. I mean you you I mean it didn't hold you back, did it? I mean there was no sur- no thought of having surgery, was there? No 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 no. Well, you you know well you you talk to the 
you know, the physios and the doc, you know, you know, Ian McGuinness at that time the, and the, the management. Um, because my faith and my trust in God is, you know, is so high, is you know, it's the main part of my life. I, I don't really, you know, I don't shy, shy away from that whatsoever. Um, all what the doctors and them were saying was the truth. You know, I, I needed a surgery if I, <laughs> I wanted to play. But at that specific time, it wasn't God's plan for me to have a surgery. The reason why I say that is because of two things. If I had the surgery, as I say, we will never know the answer until we, we all die and get to heaven and God, God tells us what happened. But if I, didn't, if I had the surgery, Rangers probably wouldn't have won the league under 2005 and my country wouldn't, probably would not have made the World Cup. In 2000 and, for 2006. Trinidad and Tobago, yeah. Trinidad and Tobago, yeah. So, in that same time when I didn't have the surgery, I went on to help Rangers win the, win the league dramatically. Helicopter Sunday, everybody is well documented. And then, obviously, I went on later on in November to help, con- help my country, Trinidad and Tobago, qualify for the first ever World Cup in the, in the um, country's history in, in November, November 14th or 16th. Um, 2005 as well, so so that 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 was it. But as I say, it was all my faith and my trust in God. You know, some people, you know, they thought I was crazy. They thought I was a madman. Um, yeah. I think in, in, or even you know, Barry was telling you. <laughs> I, I Barry, you know, Barry, Barry, Barry just put his hand up. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and you know, I I don't I don't blame them for that. You know, because it's, it's the thing that I did, as I say, is something that people never heard of that before. You know, most time you hear somebody tell you that, oh yeah. My agent said something, but I just tell them, no, God said, I'm not going to take a surgery. He's going to heal my knee. And that was it. Barry, you know it. it was an amazing advert for divine intervention, <laughs> that one, wasn't it? Because, because I, think, I think most people reckon, you know, most people reckon he was a madman because you know, you, you've got to have surgery. It's, it's, a, it's a cruciate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mar- Marv will tell you, after the, the doctors, as he just mentioned, and the, the physios, and he went to see the specialist. Then I get word back what what was wrong with him, and I'm going to him saying, "Listen, go and get it fixed." And he's, listen, he he's got his beliefs, maths, and you you've got to respect that. And um, I I just couldn't believe that he he didn't go for the surgery, and he went on and and played, um, as he just mentioned there to help us win the league, and then going and help his his country um, qualify. So. What a story, and as I says, who you knock the big man's beliefs. Mm. He's he believes in God, and he, he does all his stuff. We have a, a lot of laughs and jokes about it, but you've got to respect it. Marv, how's uh, how's Pastor Joe? Yeah, Pastor Joe is great. He's not he's not too well at the moment. He, he's stuck in Nigeria for the last six months <laughs> because of the coronavirus. Pa- Pastor Joe so, came uh, helicopter Sunday, Marv, didn't he? Yeah, he came. Yeah, he, he came. He came to pick me up from um from um. From, from the Hibs Stadium and obviously the Rangers fans wrecked his car. So. <laughs> How did they wreck his car? Was it, did they lift it up? Yeah, they, they started lifting the car up, man. The, the car like, was like on hydraulics from, you know, these rap movies. They were absolutely just bunks in the car. Marv, we believe. Marv, we believe. That was the, <laughs> the, the, the chance until they start lying down in the middle of the road and telling my minister to run over them because they believe. <laughs> Uh, it was absolutely chaos, man. But but what what a day! What that was a day. like the bus on the way back to Glasgow. It was rocking, wasn't it, Marv? <laughs> yeah, no, that. <laughs> well, I didn't come back on the bus. I I only see the videos where where Dado starts singing "Follow, Follow." So 
Um, but it, what a time. What an absolute amazing time it was, man. Marv, it's Ali here. Your laugh is just so infectious. Um, what, <laughs> what was it that made you make the move from Trinidad to Kirkcaldy? I mean, was it your beliefs or what, what made well, that why, move happen? Sorry, why would you not swap Trinidad for Kirkcaldy? That's a failure. Oh, well. Right. right. Um, well, let, let, let me just, is a, is a, a bit of a long story, but I'll try to shorten it as best as I can. Um, playing in Trinidad and Tobago, I used to play for a brewery team called Carib that makes lager, a lager company. So I played football with them part-time and I worked part-time because in Trinidad and Tobago at that time, in 1996, 95, everybody played part-time football. There was no such thing as professional football in Trinidad and Tobago. Everybody played like, you know, what you call junior football here or lower league football. That it was how it was in Trinidad. So I used to play for Trinidad and Tobago, for Carib team, and I also represent Trinidad and Tobago at national under-18 level at the same time. I was probably one of the first players that represent my country and don't play professional football. I used to play part-time football. Then the general manager, the general manager of the Bury called Carib, he was a big football man. He loved football. He used to come and watch the games. He used to you know, help us get shin pads and boots and equipment because you know, a lot of the guys didn't have much money. And you know, he saw me play and... I was planning to get permanent in the job at Carib, and he came in one evening and said to me, Mav, I want you to go and show the world your talent. And he bought me a ticket, and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm sending you on a two-week trial to Scotland. I was like, where? <laughs> I, didn't have a, I didn't have a clue where Scotland was, because in Trinidad, you never used to get anything about Scottish football. You used to get a little bit of Italian football on a Sunday, and some, some um, English highlights sometimes on during the week and that is, that is all I knew so I went and did all my research look up where Scotland was and everybody came back with the same the same answer it snows in that country <laughs> and, I was, and I was thinking to myself what did I do to this manager for him to send me to a cold country like you know Scotland because in Trinidad and Tobago you don't see ice on the road the only way you see ice is in your deep freeze or you go to the snow cone <laughs> man and buy a snow cone so he, 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 I, um, I jump on a plane in September 1997, yeah, September, and, you know, I came into Glasgow. Um, that time, as I say, you didn't go directly into the into the, um, the terminal, and I was wearing a T-shirt, and I remember I walked out onto the stairs, and I was thinking to myself, oh, my word, how cool is this? Place? And that's, that's September, that's summertime still for you all, you know, in this country. And then I, I came into the airport. I met Steve Archibald. And then he, he took me to Motherwell. I had a two-week trial at Motherwell. That's when I, my first two-week trial was. Alec McLeish was the manager at that time in 1997. He was looking for a centre-half to come right into play. But obviously, I was only 21 years of age. Never played any professional football. So he never signed me. And then from there, my agent arranged for me to come up to Kokodi um, at Red Rovers Football Club. Um, Jimmy Nickel and Alex Smith was the manager at that time. Um, they ordered me a two-week trial, and you know I performed really well. It was against Livingston, the second game that I played. The first game was terrible. It was against Dundee United. It was one of the coldest games I've ever played in. Because I remember that that first trial game up at Dundee United. Come out of the pitch, you know, to watch the pitch and see how it is, and I just saw the grass white. And I was asking all the guys, but why the grass is white? I said, Mav, 
I thought somebody sprayed some kind of chemical in it. They said, no, that's ice. I was like, oh, so the game is off. They were like, no, the game is still on. I was like, what? So I, I, I went down and played. It was one of the worst games. I was absolutely freezing. Billy Dodds was playing for Dundee United at that time. I think he scored a hat-trick or something. They beat us 4-0. And it was one of the worst games I played. And then Jimmy Nickel and them gave me another opportunity. I was against Livingston. It was a night game. It was a little, a little more miler. I had a great performance. And then they offer me a two-year contract. Marv, um, can I just okay. can I can I just check? Is this the short version of the story? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. no, it's, it's no. I mean, it's just an amazing, it's amazing journey. I mean, I was I was just l- looking through your list of clubs: Livington, Livingston, Wraith, Hamilton, Queen of the South, Albion Rovers, Forfar, Elgin, Montrose, Clyde, even Kirk and Tillich, Rob Roy. You'd a, you'd a spell there as well. It's been yeah. it's been amazing, and we've run out of time. And it's been amazing to have you on. So thank you very much indeed for for joining us. Uh, and you, and as usual, you've made us all smile. So thanks for that. No, but at all, enjoy the rest of your day. God you t- bless you all. You God too. Bless you, Marv. Take Cheers, care. Marv. Take care, Marv. Care. News at six on the way. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Hopefully you've enjoyed the first hour. It certainly rattled by. We're really enjoying it. Um, and hopefully that's a good sign. Um, we've been looking back on the weekend. Football from Saturday in the Premiership. We're looking ahead, of course, to St Mirren Celtic Wednesday, then three European ties to come on Thursday. We've heard already from Hamilton's teenage match winner at the weekend, Kyle Munro. Good to talk to him about the youth system, uh, the whole philosophy at Hamilton Ackies. And, uh, well, Marvin Andrews was uh, just a, a shaft of sunlight in the show. He certainly was. He made us smile. And as we looked back on his illustrious career in Scottish football, from Trinidad to Kirkcaldy, why not? Uh, Ali, if uh, anyone's wanting to get in touch, how should they do so? Give us a call, 0808 17 17 700 on the phone lines. You can get involved on the socials at Go Football Show. Maybe you've got a question for any of the team, drop it in there. Or you can give us a wee text, 87474. Put Go at the start of your message and it's just your normal network rate. Yeah, get involved with the Go Radio Football Show. And let's talk next to the former Celtic defender, former Celtic assistant manager as well. Johan Mialbi. Hi, Johan. Good evening, Rob. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. I'm fine, thanks in these uh, strange times. I know, strange times indeed, but not as strange in Sweden as they are here, I don't think. Uh, no, we're actually being okay over here. Obviously, it's still tough regulations, but uh, we haven't had any lockdown. So, uh, in that department, it's actually been quite good. So, are you playing at the moment then? Your team, FC Stockholm, You are you playing? Uh, we are, we are, but obviously because we are like equivalent to a League Two side, uh, we are not the first priority. So it's only been like we only were going to play uh, thirteen games this season in the league, which is obviously it's a bit uh, a bit strange and, and uh, uh, surprising uh, because obviously they are amateurs uh, these players. So so we can't put too much pressure on the Swedish FA in that uh, department. I was just looking back on your on your history a wee bit just to refresh my memory and I'd actually forgotten that it was Joe Vengloss who signed you for, for Celtic um, and what a debut that was, the, the, the 5-1 win uh, against Rangers and I, I guess a lot of people remember it because of that Luba Moravchik double. But Barry Ferguson here doesn't yeah, remember he, it, he's trying to forget it, <laughs> but you'll, rem- you'll, 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 you'll remember it. Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously I do because it was my first game and... and I signed on the Thursday, and obviously uh, I was obviously thrown straight into the 
to the style. But at the time, I was playing actually a, like a holding midfielder for for AIK Stockholm, so I didn't really know when when, when they signed me if they, if they saw me as a central defender or, or a holding midfielder. Uh, but obviously, at the time, we were already. You know, uh, I think it was ten points. You know, the gap. You know, uh, range were flying, and we were behind. So uh, it was it, it was obviously a strange feeling going into the game. Uh, it was the biggest game ever. You know, because the atmosphere was just uh, unbelievable. Uh, nothing, nothing I had experienced in Sweden. If even if I was used to, you know, big Stockholm derbies, uh, but it was just insane in, in that sense. You know, so so. Uh, but obviously straight off, you know, uh, uh, we got into the game, and, and I remember just ten minutes in, uh, I actually, I actually had a poor start. You know, my first touch was actually dreadful you know, a couple of times, so uh, I was really, really nervous. But it was just this George Alves was running into the, uh, you know, from midfield, you know, and I, and I saw the chance to just, you know, nick, nick the ball in front of him, you know. But it was just a fifty-fifty clash, and, and I was the only one standing after that clash. So after that, I grew into the game. And obviously, Lugo had a brilliant game, and Mark Burstyn scored two as well, I think. So, so obviously, 5-1 uh, win, and that's important in Glasgow. Barry, you weren't looking too happy as we... Uh, I, as I can we, remember the as game. We took a wee, <laughs> as we took a wee wander down memory lane. Yeah, I can't remember it. No, I'm only kidding. Listen, Johan, was, uh, as we were speaking off air, he was a, a superb centre-half. Yeah, I'd forgotten that, but I'd forgotten that as well, that he'd started a, as a holding midfield player. I'm just yep. wondering, when, so when did that change, Johan? When did when were you switched back? No, 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 straight away. Uh, in my Celtic career, I only played in a centre-half. Maybe, you know, a couple of games, you know, in midfield, but more or less always centre-half, uh, uh, which obviously was the right decision because... When you play for the old firm, you have so much possession, you know, in the games. And obviously, I wasn't the best on the ball. Uh, you know, I always been a defend, defensive player, you know, regardless of position. So, so it was the right decision. Whoever was in charge of of Celtic to obviously play me as a half because that was my position in the way we at Celtic play the game. Barry, did you get, did you ever get a kick at him, or or was it best to to avoid him because he might kick you back? No, he kicked me. I I, I was um, he's too big. I wouldn't get near him. No, it was back then, Johan. <laughs> back then, Johan. Both both of the the Rangers and Celtic teams. It was um, unbelievable games, unbelievable players. If you yeah, look back, yeah. the late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. I mean, we've spoken about it before. Larson, Hartson, Suttons, Petrovs, Lennies, and then. We had Arthur Newman, Van Bronckers, guys like that. Yeah. So the, the yeah. games, I used to love the games, Johan. I mean, you, you, it mm. didn't matter if you were the form team going into the game. Anything could happen because they were two quality teams. No, spot on, spot on. I agree, you know, I fully agree. You know, you know Rangers at the time, you know, you, you were so strong. It was, it was two great teams, really, really good teams, you know. Maybe two teams that should have done even better in Europe, you know, when you look back. But... At the time, you know, you had to say something Rangers they were unbelievably strong. Uh, because I remember when we went to the final in the, you know, UEFA Cup 2003, at the time, I don't think it was, I think it was only, uh, I would say, uh, uh, Man U and Arsenal that were probably better than us. Mm -hmm. in in Britain, you know, at the time. Because obviously this is before, you know, Chelsea got the Abramovich money, Man City got all their money, you know. Uh, uh, so so, so I, I would say at the time, you know, we were the, at least the third team, you know, and, and, and you know, 
and I remember the old days, you know, with Farm Games, they were unbelievable, you know, the great atmosphere, very, very, two very, very strong teams. Johan, it's uh, Simon Ferry here, how are you doing, big man? Alright, Sid. How are you, you alright? Uh, Johan, listen, Celtic fans have still not forgiven you and Lenny for releasing me, is it a, is it a decision that you regret? <laughs> I bet, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least I understand you now after all the years in Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why did you just let us go? That was a bad decision, mate, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, it was. You had something, you know, but obviously you couldn't really pull it together. You were too lazy. You were too lazy. <laughs> uh, that's right, I was lazy. Uh, Johan, just on this Celtic team, yeah. uh, just looking at it, it looks like a Martin O'Neill team to me. Can you see uh, Can you see similarities? You look at that back three, it looks like you, Bobo no, and Valham at the back. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I, I always think that's been uh, Neil's favorite uh, uh, formation. Yeah. And obviously, now bringing Sean Duffy in, uh, it, it's starting to look like it, you know. And obviously, I think it's, it's, it's great coup. I think it's a great signing, you know, in the way he's an out-and-out defender, you know. He's, he's uh, unbelievably strong in the air, you know. And obviously, he's got all the experience from, you know, from the Premiership and down south. So, I think it's a great signing. I think it's great in the way that uh, he wants to play with two strikers if he can. Uh, I know it was a wee bit of discussion, obviously, uh, losing out to Ferenc Varos and uh, not having Eduardo on the pitch. And you, you, played with, you didn't play with a really, really prolific striker in, in that game. But, you know, when you start the season as a manager, you know, uh, I just think that before you know all your players, you know, and uh, you're obviously going to play the, the ones you trust and the ones that have been informing you in the, the, the season before. So uh, I could understand that uh, that uh, selection. But obviously now he's, he's got better choices, Neil. Uh, and obviously, and, and I think he's going to try to play as often as he can uh, uh, with, with the 3-5-2 uh, formation. And so I definitely agree. And obviously I watched the game at the weekend against Ross County. And I think obviously... They weren't too great in the first half, but after that, he obviously was, uh, you know, quite easy, you know, to, to obviously and banging in a few goals. So, so, so obviously, it's, it's good for him now to have, you know, a few more choices, you know, uh, looking forward, obviously, with the tough running in the league, and obviously, it's going to really start looking strong as well. They have started well, so, uh, and hopefully doing better, you know, obviously, hopefully going into the Europa League and, and having a good run there as well. Johan, what age are you now? I'm, uh, I'm, oh, I'm 50 soon, boys. I'm 49. How do you keep in that kind of shape? He's gorgeous, isn't he? <laughs> Are you in the gym? Are you in the gym every single day? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm too old for that. I play, I play a lot of golf. That's keeping the weight off. No, you must be in the gym. You must be in the gym with that six pack. Uh, <laughs> I, I do maybe the gym four times a week. Uh, I've always been into it, though. I really enjoy it. Obviously, I'm a, I've always been a restless guy you know and, and, and obviously I have a lot of frustration in me aggressive guy so uh, I need to obviously get rid of it uh, and the best place is in the gym you know uh, but but yeah, I think obviously it's down to unfortunately for me you know during my career I had a lot of knee problems you know um, and obviously that's why I retired because I had no cartilage left and it's bone on bone on bone so uh, I had a lot of problems during my career and unfortunately that meant I had to do a lot of rehab and, and Obviously, I took it seriously, and I tried to obviously to do the best I could, you know, in the gym and be back on the football pitch a lot, you know. But all the all, all those times in the gym, I obviously paid off a wee bit, and obviously I know what to do when I'm in the gym now, even if I'm nearly fifty.
Am I right in thinking that I went from I stay fit by playing golf to I'm in the gym four times a week? Do you know why I'm asking? I seen a photo, I don't know if it was two or three months ago. Um, I don't know, and I seen him and he was absolute ripped. Yeah. And I'm thinking, 49, 50 year old, <laughs> that's decent. Nick, you're showing my, myself. Uh, Matt, I don't know the truth. I'm not the same Nick as the big man. I don't like the gym, Johan. I just like to go and run. I like to go and run. I know, you could always run though. Aye. Just another question do you see yourself, uh, obviously, your, your manager, is it amateur level your manager over yeah, Sweden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, see yourself. You know, do you want to go and be a manager in your own right full time? No, if you could do a recap, obviously, you know, uh, when I moved back from obviously Bolton and then going back uh, uh, back to Sweden, and obviously, I wanted obviously to, to have my kids finishing school over in Sweden after all the years abroad, uh, and and then obviously I started. I started getting into the management and being in management in my own right in Sweden, but it's. It's been difficult for me. Uh, I'm used to the mentality at Celtic and at a big club, and, and 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 coming back to Sweden was really really strange times for me. I don't think the the players they don't really have the the, the same mentality. Uh, so, so so after two spells in two clubs, I, I have pulled the plug on it a wee bit, you know, when it comes to uh, uh, trying to be a manager in Sweden. Which so so what I do right now with Staying, you know, stay in contact with football. I can do a wee bit on my own, you know, with this amateur team, you know, try things. Uh, you know, we try to we try to keep it serious, you know, and obviously the training is serious and all the planning and all that, you know. But uh, I'm not going to take a team in Sweden, no. Uh, that's uh, I decided a couple of years ago. Uh, but definitely, obviously. You know, it doesn't need to be a manager, but obviously, if a job, uh, you know, abroad uh, comes along, you know, or comes up an offer, you know, in, in any way, then then obviously I I would be interested. Yes. Definitely. What about your mate Larson? Your mate Larson getting the Barcelona oh, job, yeah, Johan? Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, I spoke to him briefly. You know, and obviously congratulating. I think it's you know I think it's great for him. Uh, obviously, I think he experienced the same problems when he. Starting managing in Sweden, and obviously he, him at the time, you know, he was probably better than all the rest of the players he was managing. So, yeah. uh, uh, but I think it's when you've been, and especially for Henrik, obviously yeah, being at, you know, not only Celtic but Barcelona, Man United, and all that, all the experience he had. Uh, when you've been at such a big clubs, you know, when when you had the mentality, you had to win every game. You know how it is at the old firm. You have to win every game. You have to get that mentality in. Which, if you don't win the every game, then obviously it's going to be like the third, you know, world war. You know, the next day, uh, because it, it's so important. And, and you know, when you're not at the club, when it's like life and death, you know, in a way, then it's really, really difficult. You know, when you have that mentality, you know, uh, in a way. And, and that's how I see it. You know, when you, when you compare teams, obviously, do firm to teams in Sweden, you know, and and, and uh, that's why I experienced, you know, a wee bit of difficulties, I think. Johan, it's Ali here. Um, you were mentioning a wee bit about Neil Lennon. Of course, you were his assistant mm-hmm. in his first spell at Celtic. How do you think he's changed yeah. as a manager now? Yeah, he is much calmer. I think he's always going to be very passionate about football, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, 
I think he is a bit more tactical now. I, I think that the training is a bit more tactical. I think it's because uh, these generation of players, they need to be told much more exactly what to do. No, and, and, and listen to me. It's not that I'm saying that we obviously didn't use tactics or, or obviously we weren't told by, 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 by the managers what we had. But when I played, sometimes... I think the players on the pitch, when we saw there was a problem, we changed it a wee bit, you know, uh, without having to wait for the manager to make a call. Nowadays, I think, you know, a lot of players, they need to be told exactly, you know. A bit more spoon-fed, Johan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think they coach that way from from an early age as well, you know. Uh, And that's why, obviously, I think, obviously, Neil, I think he used a wee bit more of tactics, you know, on the training pitch than I used to do when I worked with him, you know. Uh, uh, but he's, he's, he's mellowed a lot, you know. I think when, when, you, when you look at him and we see him, I, I'm still sure, you know, behind closed doors, he can really, really, obviously. Let rip. <laughs> uh, get, yeah, definitely. <laughs> rip through them, you know, and, and obviously demand a lot, you know, from the players, you know, because, you know, you know, he knows everything about Celtic. He's more or less Mr. Celtic now, and, and, and you know he knows how important it is, and this season especially how important it is. You know, obviously, to try to win the, the league and, and ten in a row. So, so, uh, but I think it it looks good though. Anyway, that he looks calmer. I think he's going to make better decisions if he's calmer. Uh, but he will always be passionate. You know, don't get me wrong. He will always be passionate. Doesn't quite have your six pack though, by the looks of it. <laughs> Uh, I'm not too sure I haven't looked at him You haven't checked him recently (laughs) No I haven't No How appreciated How broadly appreciated Do you think Neil Lennon is Johan Because I get the feeling sometimes That that some of his critics Are just waiting for Something like the European result Recently where Mm -hmm. Celtic lost Mm -hmm. in the Champions League Qualifiers to jump on top of him And and maybe for Mm -hmm. a lot of people He wasn't their idea Of the replacement for Brendan Rodgers yeah, I think it, can, it comes with the territory, though. Uh, you know, when you're at the old farm, you will always, you know, people will always wait for something to happen. You know, and and and, and you know, I think definitely, you know, that that's going to await Steven Gerrard, Gerrard as well. You know, uh, because he's been there now uh, for a couple of seasons. So, so, so uh, I think it's you know what you get. You know what you're going to have when, when you're at the old firm at uh, Celtic. And, and, you know, Neil, Neil is used to it. You know, he, he's used to the pressure. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, though. It's always going to be people that think it's something sexier out there and something that's going to obviously play better football or get better results or get better signings. But, you know, that's just the way it is. And one thing I know about Neil, though, is he loves the pressure. Yeah. He loves the pressure. And he will always stand firm when it comes to pressure. So and that's something we, we should, you know, give him credit for. Ten in a row? Uh, yeah, I do think so. I still uh, think Celtic is a bit stronger than Rangers. I haven't, I haven't seen enough of Rangers to really give you, uh, you know, a perfect opinion in that sense. But, you know, both teams have started well. Uh, I know we're ready to play two more games uh, and you got Hibs and, and Aberdeen as well started well but it's going to be a two-horse two race you know that's uh, no question about it Rangers started well last season but obviously they fell they fell apart a wee bit you know start of uh, start of this year uh, when, when Celtic really had a good run you know and obviously won the league by that but before that it was a really close call so I think it's going to be very close 
definitely. Uh, I'm looking forward to really follow it, and hopefully, I can come over and you know uh, watch the game too. Yeah, I was just going to say it's good to hear from you, and it'll be good to see you as well next time uh, that uh, you are permitted to travel to these shores. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, because. When it, when, it, when it comes to football and the interest and the passion, you know, uh, Glasgow is one of the best cities, you know, when it comes to football. Take care of yourself, Johan. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Enjoy Thank your, you so enjoy your setups you. tonight. Cheers, <laughs> Johan. Enjoy, enjoy your Thank latest you. trip to the Thank gym. <laughs> and uh, it'd be good to hear from you as well on the Go Radio Football Show. That number, 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. All right, that was the travel. There is no travel. <laughs> Ali Dufoy, Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson, Cy Ferry on the Monday edition of the Go Radio Football Show with some great football chat tonight. I could listen to this. Sometimes I forget to speak because I'm just listening to it and I'm enjoying it. And you lot certainly You're speaking of... talking about off. my travel. <laughs> <laughs> no, your travel was a tad underwhelming, I would say, tonight, to be honest, mainly because there's nothing in it. Um, good chat with Kyle. Wow, I'll leave it to you next week. <laughs> good chat with Kyle Monroe earlier on, the young stir who uh, scored his first goal and his first start for Hamilton at the weekend, the winner at Livingston. We heard from Marvin Andrews uh, talking about that miraculous recovery from a knee injury and his general love of life shown through no doubt about that and uh, latest up in terms of VIP guests was Johan Mialbi and it was great to hear from him as well all the way from Sweden a little bit closer to home on the show we're going to hear from Sean next hi Sean hey. how are you doing not bad you good thank you what would you like to say uh, just about Celtic at the weekend playing 3-5-2 it just looked a lot better at the weekend compared to what it has been the past few weeks do you think Shane Duffy coming in, that'll be it for the rest of the season? Yeah, I would think so, uh, Sean. I think, as Johan said, that's uh, Lenny's uh, favourite um, formation for Selic. Uh, you know, you, it's three-five-two, and you say it maybe takes away from James Forrest and Frimpong, but they end up playing like wingers. I think when you've got the three at the back and you've got Scott Brown sitting in front of them, it allows James Forrest and Frimpong to go and play high. And I just think when you've got two guys in the box, you know, it allows Enchant to pass the ball forward. It allows James Forrest to put crosses in the box. I always think when it's four, two, three, one, you know, if there's somebody marking that number ten, it's, it's, I, I didn't see Ryan Christie really affect the game when he's playing in there, or Enchant when he's playing in there. I think Celtic are, are far more effective when it's two up, and Edward can then be the one that goes and drops into the ten. You know, I think he's better than uh, doing that than any of them, and it allows a Jetty to stay in the box. So for me. Definitely, I think I think you get so many more options as well. When you when it's not on a play, you can then go long into the front two and go and play off them. So I know Neil Lennon likes to mix it up. So I think that'll be his his favoured position, uh, his favoured formation. Sorry, uh, barring injuries. Do you think that's you it now, Barry, for the season? Yeah, I think it has. I mean, if you look at Celtic when they play four at the back, they look a wee bit all over the place. Mm. You seen it on Saturday. Look, I know the first half wasn't great in terms of Lennon had a blast at him at half time, but. The second half, they they look they've got the players to play the three five two. I think the players actually enjoy playing that formation, and for me, it brings out the best in Celtic's best player, Edward. Mm. I know we all talk about defensively they've been a bit shaky, which they have, but Duffy will obviously sort that out because he's a real physical presence. And Cham, for me, sometimes I wonder why he's left on the bench. I do think he he is the most talented midfielder. Um, Celtic have got but the main man's Edward mm. he enjoy plays with somebody up front Ayeti's been brought in for £5 million and each, as each week goes by Ayeti will get fitter and fitter as I said he looks a real pe- penalty box striker 
he'll get goals and then that, that allows Edward to go into positions to get the ball on the half turn so not definitely they look a, a stronger unit playing the 3-5-2 Alton Edward really panicked with his penalty didn't he Si? Oh he's definitely <laughs> funny. I don't think he's ever panicked in his life Edward no, can't even, spell it. even the way he wins the penalty you know he just drags people in he pops a wee, a wee pass off and he moves again I don't know what the Ross County defenders think you know if you're Stuart Kettlewell you are pulling that very gorgeous hair on the side of the pitch <laughs> Thinking what is he doing? But just Edward, everything about him is just classy, isn't it? Mm. I mean, he's link up play in tight situations. He's so good, and and again, it sums up him up as a player for me. You know, he goes through one on one. Patrick Kamala's he squares it five yards to him when he could 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 go, yeah, go that, and score himself, and then Kamala makes a. Uh, that's one thing about Edward. He's yeah. not selfish. No, if somebody's in a better position, he, he'll square it. Yeah, yeah, but it does. You get a lot in centre forwards who, if they get the sight on goal, they'll, they'll go and hit a shot where. Probably an angle they couldn't score So that's one thing about Edward He thinks about the positions he gets in And if somebody's in a, in a better position to score the goal He'll give them I wonder how many goals he would score if he was selfish <laughs> Sean, how's it all coming together for you uh, The Celtic team at the moment? Well, after the <clears throat> excuse me, after the weekend's performance It's looking quite good If that's the way he's going to keep it I think that's why he's a bit hesitant to start with the three-five-two before Because he didn't have another player like Duffy at the back I think now that, that he's come in it's going to be a lot better and that mm. a jetty as well. I guess he was also so, short of strikers. He, he he was short of one striker, far less two. So it looks as if uh, yeah, Albion Yeti is just getting better and better as he gets more game time. Ah, uh, definitely. Well, that's what three goals he scored already this season. Yeah, I could see him getting fifteen, twenty this season, easy. Yeah, and so the sca- scary thing good. as well, Sean Lee Griffiths is back fit as well. So you know, if you're S- SPL defenders, yeah. Ask any SPL defender, would you rather play? Against one up front or two up front, they would take, say one every time, wouldn't they? You know, if Celtic are going to dominate the ball the way they do, I don't think they need. I don't think they need to play with one striker. I think they dominate the ball that much that they play with two. It's going to be great for Griffiths as well, Barry, to have serious competition because mm. Albion Ayeti is, is laying down the gauntlet here, isn't he? Because whenever he's getting a chance, he's scoring a goal. Yeah, and look, I'm I'm sure the Celtic fans will be happy because a lot of them will be wondering what, what's been going on with Lee Griffiths in terms of. Obviously coming back unfit after the lockdown, which would be a big disappointment, not just to the, uh, the Celtic fans and the Celtic players, but the manager. You could tell he wasn't happy. Obviously didn't take him away. But for me, I fit Lee Griffiths is still the best yeah. finisher in Scotland. I've said it many a times, I, I do. And for the sake of Scotland as well, if we could get Lee Griffiths back firing to this sort of form after that winter break. I thought him and Edward together when we come back out of the, the winter break, I thought we're, we're exceptional yeah. together. I, I just thought they were in a different league at times. I think they, they link up better than Ajete and Edward. Yeah, I didn't see g- much in terms of linking up between the two of them. I it's think, still early. Yeah, I think yeah. that there's still a bit of work to be done with. Mm-hmm. Ajete, he's obviously been away in international as well, which wouldn't have been ideal, and so was Edward. Um, so they, they've still got a bit of clicking to do, yeah. but I just think that the, the Edward and Griffiths, after the winter break, they were, for that two months or so we're unstoppable let's be honest so I think it's important that, that Celtic fans see Lee Griffiths a fit Lee Griffiths back because do you know what he's got real competition now yeah. the manager's got probably the best striker that's been up here in a long time in Edward he spent 5 million in the Yeti so he's got real competition I know Clamalla scored but I, I can't see him yeah. starting for, for Celtic it wouldn't surprise me if Yeti scores more goals than Edward this year mm-hmm. you know just because he's that penalty box striker 
I think he's in there to score goals, and that's, he's, I don't think he's interested in going and linking play up. And he is selfish. And he is selfish. Yeah, he, <laughs> but he should be passing it for five yards. Yeah, yeah. You see, he gets it and he, he lays it, and his first spot is he just spins to get in that box, and that's that, that's what real goal scorers do. And Coaches. it's a wild player's dream that as well. Isn't right. it? But yeah. Edwards Moore, he wants to link up, and I mean he can go and beat two and three players and smash it in the top bin for, for 20 yards that's the type of player he is but uh, yet it looks where he just wants fed in the box Sean are you expecting more action in the transfer market from Celtic? Uh, not really I don't think there's anything else that's really been spoke about I think I'd be happy with that left, team a left back mm. a left back maybe I don't know I'd give Greg Taylor a chance I don't think he's that as no, bad I, as I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying take him out of the team but I'm saying a bit of cover in that position maybe, ah, maybe aye, sorry yeah a bit of cover would be would be good, but the team we've got, if they didn't bring anyone else in, then I'd be quite happy. But if we need to get a bit of cover for a coronavirus few reasons, you, know. mm. you never know. Ah, I just think if they're going to play three five two, is there any need to go and get a left back? You know, if they were going to play four at the back, then maybe yeah, Taylor get a bit of a replacement for him. But you know, for me, when you're playing left wing back for Celtic, you're playing as a left winger. And El Nusi, El Nusi can do that. Forrest can do that. Frimpong can do. You're that. a big fan of El Nusi, aren't you? <laughs> uh, you know what, and, and that's what I'm saying. You know, you you see Frimpong coming into the game, into the team Saturday, and for me, he gives you more than what El Nusi does as a free transfer as a 21 year old kid from Man City. More enthusiasm. He's more direct. He wants to set up goals. He wants to put balls in the box. That's what I'm wanting for my wide player. You can see he's got ability, but I still to see it. Yeah. I mean, uh, what, what did Southampton pay? Sixteen million, million pounds. Yeah. I mean, you've seen it in flashes at, at times, but that's not enough for us. He should come up here and rip it up. Yeah, I mean, 16 million players should be coming up here and winning games of football every single week. Um, listen, Neil Lennon obviously fancies him, but I've still to see a lot of them. I, I'm Cons- not consistently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You're not convinced. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not convinced for the, the price tag. You, you can see the guys get ability. There's, there's no doubt about it. But at 16 million pound and probably the wages that Celtic are paying him, he needs to be a match winner. Mm. It's a big name. I was going to say it was a big Scrabble score, but there's probably lots of vowels in there, so maybe you don't get as many points for vowels in Scrabble. Don't anyway. ask me about oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice Any- level for us too. Anyway, on that note, Sean, thanks very much for your call. Uh, good no to good hear from you. That was Sean, Celtic fan, uh, feeling pretty positive about Celtic. Someone who's not that positive about Celtic, or indeed Scottish football, is the the former Republic of Ireland international Gary Breen, who's been having his say in the last couple of days about uh, the standard up here. I think he played with uh, who did he play with Birmingham, Coventry, a few other clubs um, yeah. down <laughs> south. I'm he, just looking at That's a good subtle dig, no, Rob. I love that. No, that's do a good you know what, Rob? Dig. It cracks me up and it annoys me. And it, it makes me angry. I I don't like seeing that. Like, yeah, I mean, it, what what he was, I think, what he was saying among other things was that that Shane Duffy will lose his place with the Republic of Ireland because of moving to Celtic. There's no chance. Celtic are a, a massive club. How's he going to lose his place? Mm. There's far too many people down in England think it's a cakewalk up here, and I've seen many good players come and struggle. Uh, at the pace of the game. Listen, all right, the quality is not the same as the Premier League down there. We'll get that because they're. They've got hundreds of millions of pounds to go and spend. But I tell you, there's there's a lot of decent players up here and a lot of decent teams. And it annoys me when guys like that criticise. Um, I'll see how he would... How would he do it, Gary Breen? Never heard him. Never he heard played. him. And yet, Shane Duffy's the Ireland captain. He's not losing his place. That's a load of nonsense. He's yeah. under pressure. Richard Keel played for Ireland playing for Derby. Yeah, but Shane Duffy's coming up here. He's under pressure yeah. every single week to win. Hmm. He's not under pressure to win down at Brighton. They, they're happy to finish fourth bottom. Mm. Up here, he's got to win every game. And 
There's, there's no way he'll lose his place. We're not, having, we're not having Gary Breen, no. are we, really? No, he'll never, he'll never having... be on here. If he's on here, I'm going to terrorise him. <laughs> Aye, but I'm not having people <laughs> criticise the Scottish game. I'm, I'm sick of it. It does my head in at times. It's um, it's not right. They should go and try it themselves. I've said it. A lot Na- of them would struggle up yeah. here. Believe me when I say that. Name a, name a player for the SPL that's went down there and not done well. Every single one of them that's came from this league went down to England have done well. Yeah. If you think about it in the last five years. Mm-hmm. So it just shows you. There is good players I just here. think it's disrespectful. Yeah. Don't make, pl- don't make Barry Ferguson angry Because we heard from Marvin Andrews earlier on What that might mean I'll have a wee chat with Marv at five past seven Calm <laughs> you down No but it does, I don't yeah. think it's right There's far too many people do it Down south And they've never experienced Life or football up here Alfie Doherty Is that the right yes, pronunciation? Yes that's, that's the, This is the guy that Celtic Are being linked with At the moment Plays for uh, League One Charlton Athletic Down south Do you think that's got a chance Of happening Si? I think it does I think Lenny You know The time that I knew Lenny When I was at Celtic We brought in a lot of players For the lower leagues In England You know Hooper Came in Done very well um, Joel Edley came in Very good signing Kelvin Wilson came in as well yeah, yeah. So I know that Lenny knows the leagues well Spoke to Aidan who was on last week He, he likes the kid And that tell, takes a lot for Aidan to like somebody So he must be an all bad player But I just think again If you're going to play in the 3-5-2 You know he's a young kid Who Aidan says is very fit Very quick You know I think he could go play left wing back For Celtic and get him down the pitch Put crosses in the box So I don't think it would be the worst signing Daniel Johnson is the guy Who's constantly mm-hmm. been uh, linked with Rangers At the moment Barry, um, he's with he's with Preston. You've seen him a few times, haven't you? Yeah, I've watched him a few times. Um, obviously, the championships on on the TV quite a lot. Uh, he's always one with a, when Preston were on that he stood out. He's a goal scoring midfielder. Mm. He's what the manager's probably looking for. He's he's different. Um, you've got like say Jack Kamara uh, and Devil who are more sitting, and I, I've says that's the area they need to strengthen. A, a guy who's going to get beyond the strikers and. Mm. And get maybe 10, 12, 15 goals a season. He's a decent player. He's at a good age as well. I think he's just, I think he's 27 years of age. And the championship's a hard, a hard division to play in, Rob. It's physical. Um, so every time I've seen him, he, he stood out. So I, I think that would be a decent sign. And I understand why the manager's looking at him. I played against him. Did you? He was at Yeovil. Did you dominate him? I did, actually. I'm was, not, that I was, wasn't surprised. I, I, that was a lot of years. That was about 10 years ago. Like, but no, but. I spoke to Josh Windass yesterday when I seen they were linked and he, he thinks that Johnson's a standout in the championship. Mm. So it'd be quite a coup for Rangers to get him. I think he's been Preston. That was a good word there, coup, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, Is uh, that like coup? <laughs> I think he's been Preston's best player the last two or three years. So I think it'd be a good, similar to Aribo for me, but with more goals in his game. Mm. Do you want to hear from Liam from Broxburn quite soon? Do. Well, we will hear from him soon. We'll also get the travel if we can find any uh, coming up <laughs> on, the, on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go! We're into the last 15 minutes of the show. Get in touch with us, get involved, don't be a stranger. And uh, Liam from Broxburn isn't a stranger because he has called us on that number, 0808 17 17 700. Liam, hi there. Hi there, mate, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Ah, no bad, no bad. Just a quick question for Barry. Um, Barry, you played with Lee McCulloch. What do you think you'll add to Hearts being a new assistant manager with Robbie Nielsen the second time around at Hearts? Um, it, well he's had the experience uh, Of being a manager Obviously it didn't go too well for him Down at Down at um, Down at Kilmarnock But he's He's um, moved up to be assistant manager At Dundee United He'll bring the, the experience He's a, a Dundee United winning the, the, the title and, um, and, and And he's a winner He'll be um, He'll be demanding on the training field He was demanding as a player When he was on the On the pitch And that's the way I would imagine him Being Being as a coach Off the pitch And 
And again, listen, Hearts are a, a, a team who, for me, are a Premier League team, they're Premier League players. So I think he'll work well. I think that's a a good management team that Hearts have got in. They've got Robbie, obviously been the manager who's got the experiences. Again, he's won, he's won a couple of titles at Championship level. Um, and so did the Lee last season. So I think they've got the right people at the helm and, and certainly what they'll bring is they'll bring that winning mentality to Hearts that's been needed because they've struggled over the last couple of years. Mm. Are you happy, Liam, about Lee McCulloch? Uh, so far, like all the stuff I've seen on social media, like Twitter, like the training and stuff, I just think it looks a better tempo, better you know, quality training. Um, a few players have actually surprised me, to be honest. Boys like Craig White, I, I thought he was yeah. one of the best. But um, see some of the training and stuff, like, he just looks on fire, mate. I just think, there's a few of the clubs, the reason I actually asked him was a couple last week, I seen the Lee McCulloch, and I had the boys all laughing, all the boys at higher tempo and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, I think that's what's been lacking at heart. See, I felt under Levine and stuff, we were just kind of hoofball constantly. Uh, that's one of the things Leo bring as well. It'll no be as serious when training's no started. He'll have a laugh and a joke and he'll get about the, the boys, which is important. Listen, you can't always be serious, but once that whistle goes... When training starts, that's when the seriousness happens, and and that's when he'll be on the players and and being be demanding and and the tempo. Um, but off the pitch, it'll be relaxed, and all the guys will I'll go on with them fine. But there's obviously a line that you'll know cross, and that's what what Lee will put to them that let's have a laugh and a joke, let's make it bubbly, and that's what's needed at Hearts, as you says. It's looked like a a, a sad yeah, a sad team and a, a sad squad for the last couple of years and. They'll bring in that They're fresh for obviously winning the championship um, Last season And I think it's a great appointment I think they'll go straight up There's no doubt in my mind They've got the right guy Me and Rob could get Hearts promoted next year Let's be honest mm. Rob? Yeah. If they don't I mean If they don't If you look at the squad they've got The players they've got They've got real quality See, just um, uh-huh. If they can get them firing Off to a good a good start I think it's a A shortened season as well It's 27 games um, and you know it's like when Hearts come to town everybody will want to beat you that's yeah. the, the demands and the expectations that will bond their players but not they, they've got far too good a squad not to come straight back up Liam it's Ali here just a thought as a St Mirren fan obviously we're delighted oh, we and really <laughs> grateful oh, I, know, I know what's coming here like right well <laughs> like. We're, we're really grateful you, you managed to send Lamal for us at the weekend but as a Hearts fan I mean how how were you feeling? Um my honest opinion, right, there's, there's two sides to it, and I can understand why Hearts have done it, because I feel, for me, I think Ann Budge is trying to build bridges between, you know, obviously what's happened with the league getting cold and stuff. I think there's been so much bad blood. I think, to be honest, for what I see, as I feel Ann Budge is just trying to build bridges and, you know, let, let's move on. But as a Hearts fan, I'm absolutely raging, to be honest with you. Like, deep down, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him, because Hearts were told when they got relegated, take your medicine and get on with it. I know it's no nice to say it, but I would have told St Mirren the same. Just take a medicine, go on mate. We're only playing a seventeen-year-old lad in goals. Wow. But you... I can understand. I can understand why Anbudge has done it. Or whoever's authorised the the loan, I can understand it. But a lot of Hearts fans, including myself, we're not happy. Like, mm. you for know. sure. Do you but, think but, it's but, worth having Zamal getting some? Because he is your second co- keeper, isn't he? So getting a chance for him to get some game time as well, or not really? Nah, to be honest, I've seen the highlights. Say the there's a couple <laughs> of the goals. I thought Christ Almighty. That, to be honest with you, there's a boy Harry Stone in the in the youth academy. I think is going to be outstanding. I think the Craig, uh, Craig Gordon there. I think he's going to bring him on more. I think that's what Hearts have been lacking, especially you know in goals. Colin Doyle for me, he's been on to Kilmarnock. Yeah, I feel he was all right, but he made a couple of mistakes. I think it was Motherwell away. I think last season or the season before, and I think that just kind of ruined his time at Hearts. That's what Hearts have been missing ever since they got rid of well not got rid of 
John McLaughlin went to Sunderland They've never really had a steady keeper Because mm. Joe Pereira Christ am I accurate on better <laughs> See just on Whiten as well Liam I, uh, Whiten was a kid when I was at Dundee And honestly mm. he's one of the most talented kids I've ever seen At 17 uh-huh. mate I thought Whiten was going to go to the top I think Celtic were in from when I was at Dundee And then he got a bad injury But the, the move uh-huh. to Hearts really baffled me at the time mate Because it was under Craig Levine who Style of play does not suit Craig Whiten And I'll tell you yeah. You can get a manager who's going to play the ball on his feet and get the ball to Craig Whiten's feet uh, and play him centre forward. Craig Whiten is a good player, mate. I'm telling you, and I, I really fancy him. Have a good year under under Robbie Nielsen. I think he'll get the best of him. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you, Sai. By the way, because I love your podcast. Oh, thanks, mate. Cheers. Uh, I love you too. But uh, and I agree with you. Like you'd be surprised me because a lot of Hearts fans we were all saying like, "No, thanks to Craig Whiten, like, oh, he's rubbish and he's this and he's that." But I think I agree with you. He's, I think Craig Levine's tactics didn't suit him. Yeah, and um, he's playing out wide right quite a lot as well, which uh, is not Craig Whiten. Like I seen like a lot of the. The friendlies and stuff have played against Burnley and I think it's Sheffield United and stuff. Even the, the Hearts played Hearts, kind of the just split squad down the middle. Yeah. He's dropping deeper, you know, he's linking up. Play. I, I think that's Craig Wayne's best. Yeah, that's you know, his game. Like, aye, like playing off like a boy, so I think the two will be outstanding. That's just my opinion. I hope, you know, because I didn't want to see a player come to Hearts and not do well. You want him to be, you know, fulfil his full potential. Yeah, he's a player that will score a barrel of boys yeah. in the championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they got him. I think he came up for Burton. Burton, yeah. Burton Albion. He's a decent player. Him, I, I like yeah. him. He'll score. Well, if we he saw they score twenty five, thirty goals in that championship. There's, there's something wrong. Yeah, it looks like a, a Premiership squad, doesn't it? Yeah. In the championship, does that make you confident? Does that make you believe, Liam, that it will be the straight bounce back? I hope so. Um, I've seen we've got a couple of injuries. Obviously, John Stewart getting injured again. That's it's horrific, honestly. It's terrible, like, yeah. As soon as I woke up, I was out of So I woke up and I checked Twitter and I seen it happened. Uh, and honestly, it was, I could is have it, cried for him. Yeah. Is it his Achilles again? Again, uh-huh. he snapped yeah. it. Uh, it's, it's that, that's, done it. that's twice in a year. That, that's a serious. Injury, I mean, that is a bad, bad injury because he, he, he could be a Scotland player. Yeah. John Suter yeah. when I think a couple of years ago he was struggling. I don't think he was physically there, but you can see he's. He's filled out a bit and he's decent on the ball. Yeah, he's a modern day centre half, yep, isn't he? Yes, that, that's a big miss for, for Hearts. And once you do that injury two or three times, then it's then it's it becomes worry. a mental thing, doesn't it's, it? It becomes a... believing that you're you're going to get through it and be good enough and strong enough to come back. Yeah, I'd done similar at that age. I was it for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And it, it does, it plays with your mind so much. We did, and we did miss you, by the way. <laughs> Nick, no one noticed about me being it for two and a half years, but John Suit is a big miss. How old were you when you were out? Uh, so I was fair, I was um, 18 to 20. Uh-huh. Horrible time But like you say You do You just you just expect Every time you go on the pitch That it's going to happen again mm-hmm. It's the worst feeling in the world I mean that That would have a good Partnership Halkett and And Suter, and Suter. Yeah. yeah Two young guys um, Good players But I mean that, That's a big blow To the boys Suter Yeah Sure does Liam thanks for your call No worries Cheers Cheers Liam Cheers Liam Good to hear from you That was Liam and Broxburn A Hearts fan uh, What Talking of uh, Edinburgh What about Hibs At the weekend That 3-0 win in Paisley and, and 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 the <laughs> The Ryan Porteous handball <laughs> Wow it was a handball, wasn't it? Just the two hands on it. Was it a catch? I don't know what we Willie's... Willie, is Willie's Willie what, call him, yeah. Five yards for it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know. How you kind of see that as a penalty baffles me. Even by Ryan Porter, he starts laughing, didn't he? Uh-huh. It's a clear penalty. Yeah. Or, a, or the linesman, or the fourth referee. No, it wouldn't have made a difference, but still, come on, man. No, it's a penalty uh, a mile away, but Hibs were miles in yeah. front of St. Man. That's true. I'm looking yeah. forward to Hibs Rangers. You know what What a, what a battle is going to be doing that side. Martin Boyle and Paul McGinn against um, Barisic and Kent. Thanks so I thought for changing Boyle, the subject. <laughs> I thought Boyle and McGinn were the two standouts. Yep, and Everyone and came down that right hand side. New. New as well, good player. What a, what a finish that was. Mm. That's just that, that's technique. That's that's just lovely to watch. With his right, with his right peg as well. Yeah, and it comes across at pace. It comes yeah. across at pace, and he catches it just nice. Just 
Caresses it into the bottom corner. He, he's a good player, him. Yeah. He's somebody who's impressed me. A good footballer, that guy. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the conversation back to Paisley oh, because Must um, you? <laughs> because well, what what I mean, arising from that, just that conversation there, should St Mirren have been allowed to get a loan keeper? I understand Jim's frustration, um, but listen, a lot of people are making a lot of a lot of the situation. Do you think the game should have been off, Barry? No, no. I don't. So no postponement, and but yes to loan keeper. Yeah, but I think the the goalkeeper coming. He's an experienced goalkeeper. Mm. He's he's played a lot of football. I know he only turned up. I think it was only two hours before he'd he'd met the new teammates. It's no ideal, but I, I don't think Jim would use that as an excuse. If I'm being honest with you, I don't. Got it's a press tough conference with him tomorrow. I'll ask. It's <laughs> tough on him. Well, like you it said, is. watching the game to Hibs were miles better than something. I had nothing to do with the goalkeeper. That's him just starting to click. I yeah. heard Jack Ross on the show. Um, Thursday night was, no, was it? Were you, out, were you out running and listening again? No, I was in the way the of training. Wednesday, maybe? No, it was Thursday. I can't remember. He was. <laughs> it uh, was sometime last week. And he says, "I've <laughs> not started. I know that they've had good results, but he's not been really happy with the performances that started to click on Saturday against St. Man. You also looked, think that's because Nesbitt's back as well. He was yeah, my pick for player of the year. I think he's going to be brilliant. Big player. Another boy that's done it the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know much about the goal, but he was in the right place. I'm looking forward to seeing the two dodging Nesbitt yeah. up against the two Rangers. Yeah. I think that'll be their first real test on Saturday. It'll be good to see how they cope with it. What's your thoughts about St Mirren Sai? Um, should they have been allowed to get a, a lone keeper or should the game have been called off because all their three goalkeepers were ruled out? No, I'm same as Barry for once. I think, you know, you've got a top class. I think he's good to hearts going, Samal. No, you're not liking him. <laughs> no, you're, you're the guy that's paid for opinions on here <laughs> You know I think he's an experienced goalie I think he's a good goalie He is an experienced goalie yep. I think if yep. uh, St Mern got the chance to sign him They would take him yeah. You know if Jim Goodwin was offered out more They would sign him on a permanent um, As I say Their back four is experienced enough I don't think it came down to the goalkeeper I think Hibs are just better than St Mern Hibs were day. fast Their yeah. pace was fantastic Boyle and, and McGinn on the right hand side Was just too much for St Mern I, I think Richard Tate went bit... and played left back didn't he? Yes I Yeah think he did so. Because Eheron yeah. came on as well. There was a little pause there while you thought that was Ali thinking. That was I was thinking, was where was I sitting in the stand at that point? See Hibs for me. They're a top four team. Yeah. Ja- Jamie Murphy as well. Great signing. Another, another great weapon. He just needs to get games. He just needs to get games yeah. out under his belt. He went down to I think it was Burton as well. Yeah, he did scored goals. scored goals. That, done really well. He just needs to start playing again. And you know what? He's made the move. It could have been easy for him just to sit about and maybe go on the bench every now and then at Ibrox, but he's done that. No, I want to go and play and fair play him for doing that. Someone who's coming on strong at the moment is Alan Campbell of Motherwell, wow. uh, match winner for Scotland under-21s in Lithuania last week, match winner at the weekend. Massive goal as well because it got Motherwell the win they so badly wanted. Do you know what I love about Campbell, Rob? And it's what very few young players do now. He does the basics really well. See, his goal, it comes for him getting on the second balls. And that's massive in, in Scotland for a centre midfield player. The ball goes up there, Alan Campbell's on it at first. He wins the tackle, beats somebody in a 50 50. He doesn't then look to pass sidewards or backwards. He runs forward with the ball and he scores a goal. McCrory, again, for me, prime example. How a centre midfielder should play. See all this, and Aidan said it before. This um, a sitting midfielder that sits in front of the back four. You're 22, 23 year old. You should be running up the pitch and back the pitch. You box to box. box, to box. Yeah. And Campbell and McCrory at the weekend showed that, that these two guys are more than capable of not only just being guys that put their foot in and play simple, but get in the box and score goals. That's what these guys should be doing. They're good enough to do it. So I, I delighted think, to see. I think he'll, Campbell will get a bit more responsibility now. Turnbull's away. Yeah. All the spotlight was always on Turnbull. Rightly so, because he's great potential, fantastic young player. But Alan Campbell, he, he goes under the radar mm. quite a lot. He does. 
He looks, like, he looks like a young Scott Brown a bit, doesn't he? He does he in, in size, right? He does. If you watch him, he does the basics good. He does. But what, what a, I mean, what, what a week he's had. Scores the winning goal for Amazing. the under-21s. And what a strike for the goal. And that's Muddle badly needed that. They needed just to get three and points. Motherwell, only 40% possession. There you go. We see all this dominant, um, we dominated games. He didn't need to dominate games. I think that was the least possession of the, uh, the full season. They're going 1 1 0. So see all this having the bots. That's not the be all and end though. We could bore for our country about Ross McCrory. What a, what a, you were talking about a week for Alan Campbell. What a month for Ross McCrory. Incredible that match winner. What a finish for Aberdeen against Kilmarnock. Yep, and he's, he's probably been brought in to let their midfielders break forward and. He would break the play up and keep it simple, but what a what a run and what a finish! And you know what? If he keeps playing like that, they're going to struggle to keep a hold of him. Yeah. He's just showing his potential now. He's he's letting it go, and he's at the right place to go and uh, go and blossom under Derek. Barry, thank you very much. Sly Ferry, thank you very much. Anytime. Ali Defoy, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football <laughs> no, Show. Thanks to and, me, uh, no, I no, <laughs> lots of lots of thanks you to you. I'll give you your thanks in writing. And <laughs> we're back Wednesday, I'm back on. Are you, are you back on I'm Wednesday? Back Midweek. I'm back in Paisley. <laughs> I'm taking Ali's place, so I'm doing the traffic. Have we done a special deal to get you back three days this week? Uh, but you said I'm only getting paid for two. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you, you've got a column. Oh, you've got, I'm running you've got the show, mate. I'm not here to take part. I'm here to take oh, over. Anyway, you're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky to get paid for two. To be perfectly honest, we're back tomorrow between five and seven. We'll speak to you then. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go.